It's the Chronicles of Aguna, and we're live. You're listening to the Chronicles of Aguna, the Arsenal podcast. I'm Martin Tyler, and you're listening to Harry Simeon. Hello and welcome back to another live edition of the Chronicles of Aguna, the Arsenal podcast brought to you by 90 Min. As ever, I'm your host, Harry Simu, and I'm delighted to be joined today by the brilliant Adrian Clark. How are you doing, sir? Even Harry. Yeah, good. All, all all right. All right. Thanks for having me back on the show. No, you're welcome. The pleasure is all mine. Thank you for coming on. Um, Adrian, it's been a strange transfer window, hasn't it? I mean, there's people that are out there saying that it's the best transfer window ever because of the people that we've been able to move on. I think from my perspective going into it, I didn't expect there to be any significant incoming. So I'm okay with that. Mm -hmm. How have you assessed Arsenal's January transfer window? I know there's a couple of hours to go, but Mm -hmm. up up until now, what have you made of it? As expected, really. I, I think there were, there were two priorities in terms of incomings. And they've been they've been sorted. Um, obviously, we had we had an issue with with Runison, who, who I still think was was meant to join as a number three, and that the Arsenal had their eyes on 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 somebody else to be the number two, and it didn't materialise. So, so I think getting that getting that reliable number two in was was really important. And um, I'm happy with Matty Ryan. You know, I know his stats are down this year, but um, he's an experienced keeper. He know he knows what he's doing, and and then. Um, Number ten position, I think, was it was pretty obvious as well. Need a bit of competition for Emil Smith Rowe. The other options that we've sort of tried in there haven't haven't worked to the same effect. So look, you can either play the two together, or the or or Odegaard and, and Smith Rowe simply keep one another on their toes, which I know is a really good thing. So um, so the incoming's great, um, but yeah, outgoings. I, on an, on an equal scale, I think I think that the outgoings were really important to Mikel Arteta, just for the harmony and sort of equilibrium within the squad. He, he doesn't want players that have no chance of playing being there, yeah. and and I, I think all managers are like that. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right, and I mean a lot of people have kind of made the point that yeah, but they were going to leave in the summer anyway. But just getting them out now kind of allows Mikel Arteta to to prepare, doesn't it, for the mm-hmm. summer. And I know our transfer budget in the summer is likely going to be dependent on on what we can do in terms of European qualification. Yeah. But it does mean that that kind of phase uh, is is done. You know, Fabrizio Romano was on the podcast a couple of weeks ago and he spoke about the fact that for Arsenal, the, the first half of January was phase one and it was about trying to do deals to get people out. Mm-hmm. And phase two, they would look to, to bring in the players they needed. As someone who's been in a dressing room, how important is it to have to move on the players, I should say, that maybe have already made their minds up? The club have already made their minds up. They're not staying. They're definitely not going to be there. How important is it to 
get those players out and only have players that are fully bought into the project? It is really important because all the players are mates. Well, they might not all be best mates, but they all they all chat in the dressing room, socialise. They're all probably texting one another. Like there are groups that get on well with with each other, and 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 part of these groups are players that that aren't in the manager's plan, sadly. And and when they're moaning and groaning and and just feeling a little bit sorry for themselves and, and picking up on various bits, and 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 chatting amongst the other lads that are in favour, then 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 it can cause one or two issues, kind of just. Could, could, doubts can creep in into into players' heads that wouldn't otherwise be there, and, and you know the, these guys out of favour might not have meant it, but but it's just human nature, isn't it? Where you, when you're not wanted, you're a little bit grisly, and, and and you might be more negative in the things that you that you do and say, and and that can rub off on 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 teammates. So especially if results aren't aren't going well. Thankfully, in recent weeks, the the results have turned around, and I think. It, you know, everybody that's that, that's on Arteta's boat at the moment is is enjoying the ride. So, so, so that's not an issue at the moment. But yeah, it's healthy. It's it's unhealthy to to have players lingering. I've I've been in both positions. You know, I, I do remember being an out of favour player. I don't don't think I caused any problems, but but it probably was better for me to move on because because you're just miserable. When you're not playing, it's it's just what happens, and and you don't want long faces around the training ground. You want, and this is why managers like small squads. Sometimes you want that small group that they're all in it together. There's great camaraderie. Even those that aren't playing are happy and involved, and 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 they want to chip in and 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 say things because they know that they've got a good chance of being maybe in the next game or the one after that. And and that is what Arteta's been building towards. I just think it was a slight miscalculation at the start of the season. Mm-hmm. Some people might call it mismanagement from, from up above where they didn't quite get the numbers right. Yeah, no, completely agree. In terms of where that leaves us now, because we know that, uh, of course, uh, Ainsley Maitland-Niles has joined West Bromwich Albion on loan. We know that that Joe Willock has joined Newcastle on loan. Mm. Are you a little bit worried that we've left ourselves a little bit thin in terms of numbers in the squad? Because they're two players who, although they didn't start regularly, they'd feature on the bench regularly, wouldn't they? Yeah, yeah I, well, I think Erdegaard coming in, it was a sort of nailing the coffin a little bit for Joe Willock's season. Um, and, and I think it's been a while since he was sort of in favour and playing. And look, I think for him, it's a great opportunity to play hopefully every week at Newcastle. And if he shines, if he's the man that sort of elevates them, then he can come back to Arsenal with his stock even higher and his confidence really high. And Arteta will, have, will watch the games and, and he'll say, well, yeah, you, you showed me things that I hadn't seen before. Um, so so it's, it's, it's great for him. Um, Ainsley Maitland-Niles, I wouldn't have loaned out. I would have okay. kept him um, on the basis that we're, we're really light now in in the yeah. full-back areas. You know, if anything happens to Bayer in Antony, then we're, we're really yeah. sure, aren't we? Cedric can't play both sides. So, so yeah, yeah, I know Callum Chambers is coming. As good as he's been, he can't yeah, play well, Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Callum Chambers is coming back, I know, and and you could probably play Gabriel at left-back or even Granit Xhaka. But it's not it's not really what you want. Um I, I would have kept him. It's it's the it's good for Ainsley. Great for him. But even though I think West Brom he could have done better maybe that in, in terms of because uh, it's gonna be a struggle for West Brom between now and the yeah. end of the season. Uh, where's he gonna play? That'll be interesting. Um because 
for his England chances. If he's moved to, to get him with a chance of playing at the Euros, then he should be playing at fullback. He's never going to get picked in central midfield by Gareth Southgate. If he plays in central midfield, he's going to be doing a lot of chasing. He's not going to be on the ball a lot. Um, I don't... I think Ainsley would have been better off going to a different team. But yeah. personally, if I, if I was in charge, um, I would have... I would have not sanctioned the move just 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 to be selfish from an Arsenal perspective. Yeah, and I think in in years gone by, we probably haven't done that enough. Be selfish mm. and and focus on the club only. Mm. Um, and and sometimes sometimes players unfortunately are collateral damage to that. Mm. Um, I was talking about Ainsley Maitland-Niles earlier on. I wrote a piece on him and kind of how he went from being an FA Cup final starter to mm. to being loaned out, and that was kind of the conclusion I come to that he is collateral damage for the evolution of our team tactically. And, yeah. and that's what's happened, isn't it? Change the system. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, and look, it's tough. It's a tough gig, but in a, in a, in a back four, Maitland-Niles is never going to get in ahead of Tierney. He could get in ahead of Bayern, but didn't take his chances, if, if we're being honest, whenever he played on, on the right-hand side. And and I think the mid-central midfield thing is... He, he, he won't make it. I don't think it's at Arsenal, cool, as I isn't said it, Adrian? Because we, we've never actually seen him have a run of games in centre midfield. He's not going to no. make it as an Arsenal first team in central midfield. It's, it's, it, I, yeah. I just don't think it's going to happen. Um, I like him. I think he's a really talented player. He's got so many good attributes. But but like, I, I get the feeling his head is is not gone. But you know he's feeling a bit fed up because he's he's gone from full England international you know, hero really in the FA Cup to, to being really on the periphery of the team. And his confidence has taken a hit. And I totally get why he wants to get out and show people what a good player he is. I just think Westbrook, could he not could he not have done done more to, to maybe agree a deal with somebody else? Um, West Brom are awful. And I, yeah, just, exactly. I, just, I just don't see him having that much fun there, you know, between now and the end of the season. You know, I hope I'm right. I hope, he, I hope he's brilliant. But, but it's a tough gig being, being yeah, at the Braggers. Sure. Yeah. I mean, he's going to, like you said, I, I can't envisage him getting on the ball much and, and dictating play just because of the way West Brom play and the level that they're, they're currently at. They're, they're giving up possession, you know, in the games that they are playing. And you, you made the point about, you know, him potentially going to the Euros. For me, the only way Maitland-Niles is going to get into that squad or get onto that plane is because of his... The, his versatility. I think that would have been maybe the one thing that he had in his corner that, mm. you know, some of the other players don't, you know, the fact that he can fill in at left back, right back, maybe centre mid if you need him to, mm. uh, you know, in a wide position, whatever. And, and just go in there. I, I, I don't know. I think he's kind of, it, when it was Bukayo Saka who broke into the team, you know, we know that Bukayo Saka wasn't a left back, but he kind of just got his head down, got on with it, mm. um, learnt the position. And now eventually he's, he's got, that he's playing in the position he wants to play in. I accept that with with Maitland Niles, it's been a lot longer in terms of. I looked at it today. He's played over 120 times for the Arsenal first team. Mm. So maybe he's just at that point now where he, he feels he deserves the opportunity. He's had a good run. He's had a good 120 games in Arsenal's first team. There's a lot of very very good players that that haven't managed that. Um, he's had some good moments. He's had some indifferent moments. I think. I, I, I just 
hand on heart in terms of where we want to be moving forward as a team and, and we want to become challengers again and we want to become a top four team on a regular basis I, I know it sounds brutal, but I don't. I don't see a, a spot in the first team for him. Yeah. I see him as a really good, versatile utility man that can come in as and when you need. But but for Ainsley, that's that's not what he wants, is it? He wants to be a regular. He wants to to, to be a leader. I think in within a team. And and yeah, I, we all come to that stage eventually where where you have to move on. And I think for his career, it probably will be. But he needs to be really careful about about the choice of club. That he goes to, um, yeah. and 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 look, the reason he got into the England squad, the reason he's a full England and international, is because he can play left wing back or right wing back and do it re- do it to a really ad- more than adequate level. Yeah, that, that that's his position. I think he just needs to get his head around it. Yeah. I, I need to join a team that plays with three at the back, where I can play on either side, and and th- then I think he, you know, people will will start to rave about him again. Yeah, completely agree. Um, quick shout out to everybody watching us in the live chat at the moment. Uh, I can see there's over 250 of you uh, tuned in across the multiple platforms right now, and I'm sure there'll be plenty more on the catch up as well. Uh, so just a quick reminder, if you haven't already, make sure you hit the like button on the video on whichever platform it is you're watching it from. It's really, really helpful. And if you're listening via the audio, make sure uh, you uh, leave us a review. That really, really helps. I also want to say a big thank you to Steffi NYC Guna, who's just signed up to become a member of the channel as well. Steffi, thank you so much. Make sure you hit the membership tab and join our Discord server where we're talking Arsenal and football uh, pretty much all day and all night at the moment. Uh, So come and join us uh, over there. But thank you. If you're interested in becoming a member, just click on the link in the description for the information on that and you can decide if it's something that appeals to you. Um, Adrian, one of the big arrivals or the biggest arrival of this transfer window is Martin Erdogan. How excited are you about what he can bring to this team? He looks a very talented player. He's, he's coming in with a point to prove, isn't he? Yeah, good times again, I would say. Uh, twenty is he twenty two now? He's 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 eager to to kickstart his career. Really, he hasn't got going. Obviously, he was a, he was the wonder kid. Real Madrid snapped him up, and and it didn't really happen. I know that the last couple, last two or three years, he's been out on loan and and, and gradually got better. Um, not a prolific goal scorer or even a prolific assist maker particularly, but but I know that people who watched Real Sociedad and La Liga last year, you know, rated him highly. Um, and 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 from what I've seen of him, I like. Yeah, I think left footed, he great left foot actually, <laughs> really good. I think he, he, he maybe score a couple of free kicks or certainly whip quality in from from wide free kicks and corners. Like to see him on them. I noticed he, he yeah. didn't go on them the other night. Um, that might change. Um, yeah, he's, he plays in the position where Smith Rowe's shining, but stylistically similar. Technical, technically good. You know, fits Arsenal, and he'll work hard. And I think that's really, really important, Harry. Yeah. For, for Arteta, you're not going to have guys that want to stroll around. <laughs> Just not going to happen. Lux- luxury players are probably a thing of the past. While Arteta's the gaffer, and um, Erdegaard, he's a grafter. I think he's a, he's a good character that's more than happy to to dig in. I think Scandinavians in general are really pretty grounded, and 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 they've got that good team ethic um, going through them. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing him play more often. I just hope that that that, that this is a January loanee 
that 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 plays yeah, and that shines. Exactly. We've had a few duds, haven't we? Let's be honest. Um, in recent years, um, that, that that have yeah, just barely sort of made any impression. I really hope that he does, and and if he does, it's a win-win for him because yeah, it could, you know, Real Madrid could suddenly say new contract, you're part of our bands, or Arteta says, there you go, Real Madrid, we'll we'll we'll, we'll keep him permanently. Yeah, we'll, we'll keep him permanently. So. Yeah, I'm, I'm. Yeah, I'm excited, and I'm really keeping my fingers crossed that he shines. Just going back to Emil Smith Rowe because he's been excellent. There, there's no doubt about it. We've we've talked about this before. It, me and you, we've talked mm-hmm. about it on other before shows. He was I'm playing, sure. Yeah, yeah, exactly. We talked about what a talent he is. How much of of what we're seeing right now, though, in terms of Arsenal's uplifting performances, in in terms of their creativity, how much of that is down to Emil Smith Rowe as an individual, and how much of that is down to the fact that we have that profile of player in the in the team now? Yeah, I think we've got the right fit in the right position. I think in early on in the campaign, I understand why we went with three at the back, but when you look back at, at that that big hole in the middle there yeah. between midfield and, and the isolated striker, it was it was not sustainable. So we had to change the system and let's just, there's one man for the job or there was until Edgar came. Um, so, so yeah, it, it, but, but also himself, I think he's really grabbed the opportunity um, with his attitude, uh, with his confidence um, and with his drive. I think it's really important to have that. He, he looks to me like a player that's, that's pushing himself much harder that he does in the under-23s, that he did in the youth team, that he did even on loan at Huddersfield. He is really energised. And I think he's enlivened those around him. I think Saka's happy to have a mate in the team. Um, yeah. Lacazette is absolutely thrilled to have someone to bounce off um, and, and someone that will make runs beyond him on occasion. And, and the same for Ober, who is obviously he's not playing at the moment. But, but even with him... He was getting into better positions because there was that extra forward, which meant that that he could probably gamble and get into the box more, or he actually had some someone extra to pass to and to combine with. And yeah, it's yeah, it's been a, it's been a great addition to the team. And for sure, yeah, I'm, I'm just chuffed. I'm chuffed that that he's taken this chance because I think there's a fear, you know, he, he, as good as he is, that if he didn't get this chance or didn't take it, could lose him. Yeah, and 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 I really didn't want to lose him because I, I I know he's a, a quality player. Going dropping a little bit back further back in the team into mm-hmm. into the centre of midfield, um, I think we can all agree it wasn't his best game in an Arsenal shirt so far on Saturday. Mm-hmm. But Thomas Partey, mm-hmm. he is a transformative midfielder, isn't he? And he's mm-hmm. he's lifted Granite Xhaka's game um, up a level as well. How mm-hmm. impressed have you been? with his awareness, with his physicality. Uh, he just made such a big difference, hasn't he? Yeah, I'm, I'm a big fan. Uh, I, I knew he was... I mean, we talked about it before he signed, didn't we? You know, we, was, we had the whole hour or party debate, didn't we? Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and yeah, it's... Um, he hasn't disappointed me. I th- obviously, yeah, he wasn't great at the weekend. His passing was off, wasn't it? You have those days and he got caught a couple of times in possession. That can happen when he, he's quite... Not casual, but he's got that calm demeanour, hasn't he? Yeah, and, and that can be a strength. But sometimes when you're off it, it can really be a glaring, glaring weakness. But no, I really like his forward passes. I like um, the aura he has, the way he gets about the pitch. He it definitely protects the 
the centre-halves in a better way than, than we've seen. And as we saw against United, he's getting that confidence now, isn't he, Harry? Whereby if he sees that gap, boom, he's he gone. Drive. He's yeah. like a juggernaut. And and I'm telling you now, not that many midfields will, will live with him if he continues to do that. And certain players, like, you know, like Vieira, because, because they're, they're so big and powerful, but also quick, even if it's a small hole, they can get through it Once and they're they away. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they're away. They're away. And, and, and they, that is, we talk about transformative. That is a really, um, there aren't many central midfielders that, that do that. Um, so I think, I think he's going to be a real top player for Arsenal, but, but yeah, we just need him to get, to get to maximum fitness. I think at the moment he's only 75, 80 because he, yeah. he probably could have done with a bit longer to, to rehab, but we, we needed him. He's come in and, and he's playing, but I think the games are taking a bit out of him at the moment. We saw that at Southampton. So um, yeah, if we get a break, if we get a break, <laughs> then um, then I expect him to come back and, and, and be firing. But next season, he's going to be mega. What about Nicolas Pepe? I've been really impressed with his last couple of performances. I thought he was really good against United. I thought he was really good at Southampton as well in the, the midweek game. What's changed for Nicolas Pepe? Why does he look like a threat now? Why does he look like he's enjoying his football again? What's happened in the last few <laughs> weeks that's, that's led to this, in your opinion? It's a good question. It is a good question. I don't know the answer. <laughs> so, <laughs> I don't know. Um, he, he's got a bit more confidence. I, I, maybe he's playing. <sighs> Not like it's the last chance, but I think he knows. You know, there's, there's Oba, there's Martinelli, he's fit now. You know, Saka who's been brilliant, Smith Rose in the team, and and then and obviously William as well as an option. I think he's thinking, I need to play well. I need I need to deliver here, otherwise I might not get a game for a couple of weeks. And and that can be quite a motivating factor for for a player. And yeah, I don't know. For me, he made a really bad mistake at Southampton, dozing off in the corner. Yeah, but I was. It was what was the best thing that could have happened to him was to score just like five minutes later, wasn't it? And and from then on, I just saw a player that wanted to get at fullbacks. And we saw that against Manchester United. I highlighted him in today's breakdown, actually. Um, just the the aggression of his runs. He was really pushing himself like a yeah, absolutely at maximum, at boiling point. And I don't know if he's always been at that boiling point before. Um, he seemed hungry. And 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 the other bit that I point out in the breakdown is is his uh, off the ball work. He was charging back. He was in inside his own box, winning the ball off Pogba and clearing his lines. He he was charging back to win a header with Bruno Fernandez, just a nothing header, but he, he wanted to do it. So yeah, I I, I just think he's realised I've got to deliver, otherwise to I might not be involved. And. Footballers hate not being involved. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. Adrian, where can people find the breakdown? I, I know it's on the Arsenal website. Is it on YouTube as well or, or is it not? Um, uh, they, they very rarely put it on YouTube. I think okay. you know, they're looking to drive as many people to the Arsenal website as, as they can. They sometimes put them on YouTube. But yeah, it's um, yeah, it's, just, it's just on the Arsenal player, on the video section. Obviously, it's on the homepage at the moment, but yep. um, you can um, just click on the video section and you find it. You can, you can go to... There's an archive as well for, for each game that, that I think it stays on. So, yeah, look, they're there. And, yeah, I really, really enjoy putting them together. Obviously, no goals 
to sort of break down this week. But, but I still found it an interesting match to analyse. Yeah, I found it a really interesting match as well. I was having this discussion with someone earlier who was talking about how dreadful it was. And I was like, yeah. no, th- there's been far worse nil-nils than that, haven't there? <laughs> yeah, definitely. No, I, I wasn't bored. I, I, thought it was a, no, I thought it was quite into end, really. United played a part in that, created some good chances. We, we weren't good at, at stopping crosses or defending crosses. Particularly, I mean, David Luiz and Holding were good at defending crosses, but they still had chances. Um, from from those positions, um, but yeah, no, I thought it, I thought just thought it was a really even game, and I came away feeling good about Arsenal because yeah. United, even though I don't think any of us really rate them that highly, they are in the title mix. They are unbeaten away from home in over a year. They do score for fun on the road, and 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 we had a really depleted team, and it was an even game. So we can take we can take a lot of courage encouragement from that game. In my opinion, so yeah. Look, and 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 again, that defensive shape. Tell you now, it is so different to how it was, isn't it? Yeah, I hundred percent. I mean, the, the teams were under you know under under Arsene Wenger, under Unai Emery. You know, the, the start of Arteta's reign, they were slicing through us. We were leaving absolute gifts and giant holes for opponents to to surge into. It's only happened once this season against Aston Villa. The other games, we have our game management, decision making, overall framework of the of the shape. Yeah. It's been solid, yeah. and um, if we maintain that, results will yeah. continue exactly. to be decent. Yeah. Exactly. Absolutely. Um, guys, get your questions in the live chat. We'll take a few uh, listener questions as well. Uh, so make sure you get those in the live chat. Quick reminder as well, smash the like button if you haven't already. Subscribe to the channel if you're new. I think on YouTube, at the time we went live, we were around about 50 away from hitting 12,000 on YouTube. So if you are watching on YouTube and you haven't subscribed yet, hit that button. Uh, it really, really does help us. And we'd love to get over that line as soon as possible. Um one final thing I wanted to ask you, Adrian, before we kind of take a few listener questions yeah. was this this system that we're playing now. Yeah. I think we can all agree that Mikel in the longer term wanted to to change from the back five. That's not what he envisaged, I don't think, for Arsenal when he first took over. I think it's what he thought would get us results at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't necessarily have any sort of criticism for him doing that because I think we could all agree the team was fragile in certain areas and sometimes you needed the extra body in there to make it a little bit more solid. Mm. Do you feel like the change was kind of stumbled upon and the inclusion of Emil Smith-Rowe was mm-hmm. kind of stumbled upon because we were so desperate to turn <laughs> around our fortunes rather than it be having been, you know, Mikel going, yeah, it's time to change now. Maybe. I mean, but these things happen, don't they? Circumstances change. I think the Everton game was was a really bad one, like especially the first half. Just so deep, so passive. It it just wasn't working. And we had too many players in that team that weren't in form. I just think he had to, and he was under big pressure, obviously. Just, I think it, it comes to a point when things aren't going well, every manager gets to a point where they just have to shake it up. Just have to almost like just throw it, throw the balls in the air and see where they land, just to do something different. And yeah, for that Chelsea game, he took a gamble, didn't he? He played a very different looking team, put, put you know, put put some of the younger guys in and 
We haven't looked back. So, yeah, I, I think I would like to think it was a really clever management, but I don't think it was pre-planned. <laughs> I, don't think it was, I don't think he looked at it and thought, right, we're going to do three at the back until this point. I just think it was, it, it just dawned on him, maybe a bit too late, if we've been a little bit critical, I think it dawned on him a little bit too late that too many of the guys were out of form, the shape wasn't working. And but but let's credit him when he made the change, he was decisive and he didn't he didn't do it by half measures yeah. and it's worked. And yeah. uh yeah, I'm I'm really enjoying the football now. It's much better, much better million times better, isn't it? I mean, you're sure you, I'm sure all oh. Arsenal fans are, are much happier. There's a lot more improvement to come, we know that, but yeah, I just think he's, he's coaching as well is is beginning to really sort of sink into the players' minds, and the, the things are coming a bit more naturally as well. For sure, for sure. Um, I want to say a big shout out to a new member as well, Dimitri, who's just signed up now as well. Thank you so much. Welcome uh, to the Chronicles of Aguna family, um, Adrian. I want to put a question to you from um, from a mate of mine, uh, Lee. We've been debating this today. How many points do you expect or do you think is is respectable for Arsenal to take from the next three games, which are uh, Wolves away, Villa away, and then Leeds at home? So from those three Premier League games, what points return would you be happy with? Oh, I'd expect seven. Yeah, I think exactly seven. What I said. Yeah, I think I think I think Wolves away is is a you've got to target a win at the moment. This isn't the Wolves that came to the Emirates, with obviously with Raul Jimenez in the team and we know what happened to him, um, which was awful. But but they're, they're a shadow of their former selves at the moment. They're there for the taking. And uh, they'll try and bore us, I think, tomorrow. <laughs> they'll be very defensive. Um, but yeah, we've got to target three there. Villa away, I mean, anything can happen there. Um, Villa was sensational, weren't they, against us uh, at yeah, Emirates. Sure. But... But they're not quite as strong at home. I, mean, I think, you know, we can get get something there. Obviously, we've got revenge as well. I think the last two times we've played and they've, they've beaten us, we haven't turned up. So we've got a little bit of payback on them. I'd expect a point there. And and I would expect us to beat Leeds, even though Leeds, you know, can be unbelievable, can't they? But And they were great against Leicester. But from where we are now... We've got aspirations of finishing in the top four. We have to win that game. Yeah, I'm confident that our, our shape, our framework that I was talking about can handle Leeds on the break and we can definitely score goals against Leeds. Um, yeah. yeah, I think it'll be a cracking game. Yeah, looking forward to that one. I think I think that would be the best game of the three. Um, sure, closely followed by the Villa game, which I think will be a really interesting game. Um, I'm not expecting much of a spectacle at Wolves. Um, no, I think, yeah, we'll take a 1-0, 1 win and run, I think. Yeah, agreed. <laughs> um, this question comes from Rory in the live chat. He says, Adrian, what's your take on holding this season, performing well with three different yeah. centre-back partners? That's a really good point from Rory. Good shout, Rory. Yeah, yeah, he's adapted, hasn't he, to to whoever he's played with. And that's not always the case. Some central defenders are really comfortable next next to one, but then you mix it up and they're, they're all at sea, but not him. I think he's just loving it. I think he loves the fact that Arteta is suddenly trust him not suddenly trust him he knows he fully trusts him now and that's that's just given him such a boost and his decision making is good isn't it i mean he's he's not trying to do anything beyond his means rob rob holding he's he's really good positionally i think and he's a good header of the ball i mean clearance wise i think 10 at the weekend um 
and his passing's good enough, but he doesn't over, he's not over ambitious with his passing. I think he, he, he's sort of grown into his own skin as a, as an Arsenal player. Um, yeah. Really, yeah, really pleased with him. I, I still don't know what our best partnership at the moment. Our best partnership holding and, and David Luiz, but I want to see Gabriel and Pablo marry. I want to see them together. I know it's two lefties, but I want to see if that works because. I think that could could be really good. Um, that, was, that was the next question from Felix. Ah, who, who would be your preferred centre-back pairing? It's a really right. tough one, isn't it? And, well, and look, it's, actually, yeah. it's healthy oh. that we've got competition, isn't it? Because you can change it. You can keep it fresh, but also rely on those players now on their current form and, and, and feel as though you can bring them in and they'll do a good job. Yeah, I mean, Gabrielle's probably waiting on an injury, uh, as it stands. Uh, you know, someone, someone, you know, not being fully fit, and then he gets his chance. Pablo Mari, when he comes back in, I suppose he'll be fourth in line, won't he? Which is harsh because I thought he was doing really, really well before he got injured. So, um, look, it's good to have four centre backs that are playing well, isn't it? I mean, it's not been a while since we said that. Um, Gabrielle actually not been playing brilliantly after a barnstorming start he, he definitely looked yeah. a bit edgy but but you could put some of that down to covid and 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 one or two other things going on maybe but um yeah gabrielle i still really like i just it worried me when he got sent off for sort of persistent fouling yeah he's got to just rein that in um, but I think he will, and and, and when he does, young, isn't he? I yeah, think a lot of yeah. people forget how young he actually is. Exactly, and 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 if yeah, once he nails that, he he has got the tools, in my opinion. He's got that athleticism, the power, the sort of aggression and quality on the ball that you're looking for in a modern centre half. So yeah, I've got no doubt Gabriel will be first choice soon, but he'll have to wait, won't he? But yeah, Gabriel and Mary, I I think that could work i really do um we've had plenty of two right foot you know right footed center back pairings down the years why not two lefties yeah there there seems to be this obsession doesn't there with with having one of each foot and i and i always make the example of you know colo toure sol campbell invincibles both right footed Uh, john terry ricardo carvalho great pairing at chelsea both right footed so I, i think people have kind of got carried away with with the idea that Mikel prefers that. It doesn't mean that he won't stray away from it if he feels... Uh, well, holding right in David Luiz, they're right for us, aren't they? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Um, this one comes from Zander. He says, Pepe played on the left against Southampton and the right against United. Which side do you think he's more effective on? And I like oh, this question. It's a, it's we've really discussed it. Well, Zander, yeah, I, I'm torn because I, I haven't seen him play enough on the left to, to give you a sort of proper evaluation but I liked what I saw at Southampton because obviously when he when he goes on the outside of players he's natural and he can whip those balls along the face of goal he can score you know as he as he did when he was slid in so well for for that goal um yeah it's it's a funny one because he's made he's earned the move and he's built his career on being the right-sided guy that cuts in hasn't he yeah and 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 I think when he does it at pace He's still really hard to deal with. I know he keeps missing just that that curler into the far corner, but yeah, I mean he's very good at that. Um, I think I, I think for now probably on the right, but but that Saka is the main man on the right, isn't he? And, yeah. and Oba's the main man on the left. So 
yeah, look, it's just it's just good that he can play on both. I I I would like to see him more often on the left. My issue there is, um, will what happens when he cuts inside? Is he is he just going to play the safe pass every single time? Um, which yeah. in itself can 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 which I feel that Gabriel Martinelli is kind of doing at the moment um, when he plays on on the left. So so yeah. Um, I want to see more of him on the left. That that's my honest answer. But yeah, I think clearly he must be better on the right because that's where he's yeah, that's where he's made his, his career. Yeah, exactly. But but if he plays on the right, he's got to play with the aggression. And that's a funny word. I know it's a funny word for a winger, but but I'm talking about aggression in terms of his running power and his decision making. I want it all to be done at pace. Um yeah. when he plays at pace, he's dynamite. It really yeah, is. I, I wouldn't want to mark him. Would you? No, not at all. Not at all. <laughs> Especially with my dodgy knees. No way. Uh, but what? why I think it worked really well at Southampton, and, and you know, this isn't always going to be the case going forward. I think the reason it worked so well was because Cedric was playing at left yes. back. Yeah. So yeah. you're talking about a right-footed player playing on the left who naturally is going to cut inside and then so having Pepe being able to go on the outside which he doesn't very what he doesn't really do on the other flank mm. meant that we still had that variation yeah. of the two yeah and if we played Tierney and Pepe then you you got an issue because yeah. because Tierney will still want to fly around and, and then what does Pepe do you're, you're exactly. sort of nullifying what, what, he, what he brings to the table it could be the case that that we we save Pepe on the left for when Cedric is playing he, I know it's a really sort of you know, cat-handed way of of selecting the team, but but for the point you made, because because Tierney kind of needs an Aubameyang or a Martinelli that wants to drift in and become a centre forward because he wants that space. That's for him, um, and 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 Pepe would be sort of nullified, wouldn't he, if, if he was the guy that sort of just paved the way for, for for him to 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 come down the wing so yeah i think you bring up a good point there for sure um, gunatel says what would adrian consider to be a successful campaign for arsenal this season this is very fluid isn't it because it constantly changes depending on <laughs> well yeah at the we start are. of the season i'd have said uh, just qualify for the champions league doesn't matter how um whether it's top 4 or to win the europa league just we've got to qualify for the champions league and I still kind of think that is that is really what this season was all about, and um, from where we were, which is a pretty dark place, um, to where we could now get. I think, I think top, I think top five or top six would be respectable. Yeah. Um, it'd be, yeah, you've shown some character, you've you've got yourselves out of a hole. We can look forward to next season with a bit of optimism. Um, but but for me. It, that we, we would only have a successful season, a, a proper successful season, if we don't make top four, if we finish fifth or sixth and win the Europa League. Because yeah. obviously, we're not Champions League qualification is needed. That's what success yeah, I mean, that's if we don't qualify for the Champions League, it's not been a successful season. I mean, that much is clear. But if you're talking about a more measured perspective, we could all take top six. Anything outside top six. We come away from this season feeling well. That was that was awful. Yeah, yeah you know. Even though we're, we're in a good place at the moment, Arsenal can't be finishing outside the top six. You know, it's not, it's not, it's not what we're about. But and and 
yeah I, th I think being out of europe would would be damaging i know that a lot of people think oh have that free run at at the league next year but doesn't work like that no i don't think that's what the route we want to go down no agreed let's fire quickly fire through a couple more um just because they're really good ones this one comes mm -hmm. from steffi uh balogun is talented but seems to be making unrealistic demands from the club should we keep him and possibly have to deal with another disruptive player or let him go to keep harmony mm -hmm. within the team now we know that game time is mm -hmm. is kind of the issue between Balogun and Arsenal at the moment and why a deal essentially hasn't been done. Um, mm. what, what would you do with the whole Balogun situation? Would you give him the guarantees? You, have you seen enough? Well, who's of he, who do you think he's going to play ahead of? <laughs> Beats me. I mean, I mean, he's not going to play ahead of Lacazette, is he, at the moment? Lacazette's playing playing pretty well. Look, I, I, I get his frustration in terms of he, he probably feels that he's almost on a par with Eddie. But Eddie scored a lot of first-team goals. And, 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 yeah, okay, he hasn't been in the best form of late but but he's he's earned the right to be number two um Balogun has, has just got to be so good that he blows Arteta's mind and uh, so to such a degree that he he has to put him ahead of Eddie and Ketia um that's the next challenge um obviously going out of the the FA Cup and League Cup was not not great news for Balogun because he could have had chances I guess to to play in that um I don't I don't know what his attitude is like I don't know him as a kid um, it might be that he's just got a busy agent. That happens. You know, you've got agents that, Paul Pogba's agent, for example, I mean, he's yeah. got a pretty bad rep. He says some really outrageous things at times. Yet Solskjaer gets on just fine with Paul Pogba. I don't think there's an issue there. And it might be the same with, with, with Balogun. So I don't think we should jump to too many conclusions. Um, personally, yeah, I'd, I'd prefer to keep him. But But if his attitude is bad then sell it. Simple. Yeah. Sell it. Yeah, I agree. Because, because you, can't, you can't have bad apples. But, but I'm not saying he's a bad apple. I'm just saying if his attitude is bad, if he is going to be disruptive, then then get rid. And, and don't look back. No regrets. Um, but but I don't believe that's the case. So I would I would uh, give him an incentivized contract. Uh, yeah, I'd meet somewhere in the middle and, mm -hmm. and give him big incentives if he, if he does play. Um He's got loads of time. He's got loads yeah, of time. Yeah. It seems like he's in a rush, doesn't it? And someone was, uh, a friend of the show, James Cook, put out a tweet about this when the whole, mm. um, you know, the Balogun debate started. And I mm. thought he summed it up perfectly. He said, we haven't seen enough of this kid at the highest level. He could be the next Thierry Henry or he could be the next Tuba Akpom. We don't know. <laughs> yeah, so exactly. to get kind of, to lose sleep over whether or not the club uh, going to go out on a limb to keep him I think yeah. as fans yeah. there's just no need for it yeah, which club would play you know was he how old is he 19 um which club is going to make him their number one striker um you know in the here and now which club that that would be appealing to him I, I think he would be a backup at this stage of his career wherever he was um but no I, and, and also he's got to look beyond Got to look at the picture here. If he backs himself to be better than Eddie and Ketia, stick around because Lacazette's not young. Lacazette isn't going to be here forever. They, we might end up signing another striker or, or two. I don't know, but there could be an opportunity to, to play a lot more often as a centre forward at Arsenal in the next two years. And if he's in and around the team at twenty-one, getting plenty of games. He's in a great place, isn't he, for his yeah. career? 
Completely agree. I mean, the grass isn't always greener. He yeah, can go, yeah, can go to a West Brom and he might, yeah. they might play him every week, but they get relegated and he'll be a championship player. You know, and, and, yeah. and it might not work out for him in the championship. All of a sudden, you're you're not this wonder kid that could have been anything. Um, so you've got to be really careful. Um, but no, I I really hope he stays and I hope, I hope he does get more opportunities because I, I do like the look of him. Yeah, me too. Me too. Um, quickly, guys, fill up the live chat box. Where is it that you're joining us from? Uh, we'll give you guys a quick shout out before we lock off. Uh, don't forget to hit the like button. Subscribe to the channel if you're new. Give Adrian a follow on Twitter as well. I'll put his Twitter handle in the description. Um, and of course, make sure you go over to the Arsenal website and check out the breakdown. So start bombarding the chat box. Where are you joining us from? Let us know. Let's quickly give you guys a shout out before uh, we leave it there. While you're doing that, actually, I'm going to quickly ask Adrian for a, a prediction oh. on tomorrow's game. Trip to uh, Wolves. Yeah. What do yeah, you think? Not, not expecting a classic. Um, I think we uh, we should come out of there with a draw at worst. I think, you know, nil-nil, a one-all draw at worst. Um, but I would like to see us go there, with professional away performance and, and beat them 2-0. I think that's that's within our, our capabilities. Um, do you know what? I'm going to go. I'm going to go with one nil. I'm not going to get carried away. I'm going to say one nil to one nil to the Arsenal tomorrow. Um, Wolves are something not quite right there at the minute. Um, we, we we should be targeting three points from this game. I think. Yeah, I completely agree. I went with one nil to the Arsenal earlier as well, so I'm going to stick to that. Um, right, let's give you guys a quick shout out to Rory uh, joining us from the Philippines. Uh, BT's in California. Wesbird is in Milton Keynes. Uh, Said Abdullah's in Kuwait. We've got Josh in North London. Kate is in Holloway Road. Uh, Rafino's in Chicago. Uh, what else have we got? Finland. Uh, Carrie's in Finland. We've got Robin in Sweden. Um, <laughs> Graham is in, I've just lost it. The chat's updated. Where is it gone? Here he is. Stevenage. Uh, uh, Steve, my old stomping ground, Steve. Adrian's yeah. old stomping ground. There you go. <laughs> Mr. Tesh is in Vienna. We've got Topher in DC. Uh, we've got Malaysia. We've got Hackney. Oh. We've got Amsterdam, Poland, <laughs> Dallas, Texas, Jamaica. North oh, Korea. fantastic, I, isn't it? Yeah. I don't know if this is serious because I see this one quite a bit. Um, we've got London. We've got South Africa. South Africa again. We've got Stansted. Um, what else? We've got Braintree, Essex. Uh, South London. Where is that? I clicked on the wrong one. I wouldn't mind being in Stansted at the moment. You know, opportunity yeah. to fly out somewhere. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Uh, look, we've got Uganda, Peru, Bosnia, Abu Dhabi, Dundalk, um, South London. Sounds like it's so far away. It's not that far this is, away. This is winding me up because it just makes me want to travel and I can't. I None of us well, can, can we? So, uh, got, but look, one day, one yeah, day we'll exactly. be free. We've got Dublin, <laughs> Brisbane, Kenya. Um, and I think I've covered them all, kind yeah, of and, Poland. And I tell you what, what this tells tells you is a reminder. Arsenal is a big club that's got fans all over the world. It's um, you know, no one, you know, we should never sell ourselves short. And and it's one of the reasons that top players want to come to Arsenal, yeah. the Arsenal. You know, we're London's best club. It's the best club to play for in London. Um, best, you know, one of the best cities in the world. We're a big pull. We just got to we just got to start winning titles again, and or at least qualifying for the Champions League. Completely agree, Adrian. Thank you so much for joining me, mate. I really, really appreciate it, and uh, I'm sure our listeners have uh, have absolutely loved it. Uh, so, thank you. Ah, no problem. No, enjoyed it. Enjoyed it, and uh, yeah, fingers crossed. This 
this run of three games that we mentioned. Yeah, we said we'd take seven. Let's let's hope it's nine, eh? Yeah, fingers crossed. Cheers. We'll be back very, very soon with more. Until then, take care. You're listening to the Chronicles of Aguna, the Arsenal podcast. I'm Martin Tyler, and you're listening to Harry Simeon.